Across the margin. Across the margin. Podcast. To Across the Margin, the podcast, where we take you beyond the margin, behind the scenes of the online magazine, and deeper into the stories. I am your host, Michael Shields, and today we take a, a brief pause from our interviews and themed episodes and, and kind of get back to basics, uh, so to speak. Um, while this podcast has surely become kind of a, uh, its own monster and gone its own way, um, seeking out as many fascinating people to talk to and and, and proving that compelling stories can uh, indeed be found anywhere. Um, home base for everything everything we do at Across the Margin and ATM Publishing is indeed the website. So um, what we're going to do today is take some time, do uh, some, some housekeeping and delve into um, everything that's that's kind of happened at the website for the first half of, uh, of this year. Um, and so when we do talk about all the stories and happenings at the website, you know I need to bring in uh, editor extraordinaire and head of ATM's art department, Chris Thompson, live and direct from Portland, Oregon. What is up, Chris? Mike, how's it going? Great to be here again. It is. Uh, it is good to see you. It is. Oh yeah, to, it's been a little while. It's been too long, and it's good to have you uh, back on the podcast. Everything good for you out there, man? Oh, it's fantastic. It's nice to step back from pulling all the levers and the buttons in the background and get back in front of the curtain again and uh, talk to you, man. Absolutely good. Thank you for making the time and uh, for of all course, your buddy. and for all your hard work. At, uh, it's been there's just you know the content that's been flowing on the site has been. Uh, been pretty special and thank you everyone out there all the uh writers authors who uh poets have contributed it's 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 been pretty special so far but before we dig dig in i think we should start with a little announcement about a project that i know you have been working uh extremely hard on this will be uh one of two big announcements we have for this uh podcast but um Chris, can you tell our listeners what they could expect to find uh, at acrossthemargin.com come uh, early June? Yeah, Mike, definitely. I mean, I've been, well, we both have been laboring pretty hard um, on something that we've been sort of talking about for years now. And I'm really excited to say that we're going to be launching a storefront on the site, and it's going to be a place where we'll be offering up a selection of literary themed goods. Um, we got some pretty cool designs kind of waiting in the wings for the storefront. There's going to be apparel, hats, books, stickers, some cool looking art prints that I've designed that I think people are really going to be drawn to. Yeah, those are fantastic. Um, I, I really can't wait to start, you know, showing people what you, what we've been working on. It's really, it's, yeah. it's, it's such cool stuff. It really is. Yeah, it, it really feels like it's, it's been like a national natural progression for us. I mean, you know, we sort of realized that, you know, there's a little bit of a, 
a niche here with sort of people who are interested in both the literary world and maybe the art world, and maybe we can create some sort of uh, place where they can all sort of come together and we can provide things that maybe will be a different way for them to sort of um, be drawn into our world of across the margin, you know, and uh, participate in it more. So, you know, we got we have really big picture ideas, I think, for the storefront, but right now we're starting small as anything, you know, starts. So, um, you know, like I said, we're going to have some... Um, Got some really cool design hats uh, that we're really excited about. Uh, I'm actually wearing mine right now. You can't see it though, but uh, I'm excited for those. That's to say, so um, I can't. I can't wait to reveal those too. We, they're wordsmith hats, and we'll have writer hats. You know, wordsmith and writers is one of the one of the you know defining. Um, we define ourselves as, and it's so that's the hats. I know one of the shirts um, we have is it read, write, resist. Yeah, that's something I'm really proud of, man. Yeah. They're printed on these super soft black T-shirts with this uh, sort of like distressed vintage kind of like gold ink look to them, you know. And um, awesome. it says "Read, Write, Repeat," and I think that's a really powerful message. I, I've included a yeah, "Read, Write, Resist." Exactly, <laughs> man. <laughs> I think I'm confusing the movie uh, um, with Tom Cruise. Uh, end, end of tomorrow is that you know, what it is? They're, they're doing a part two. Yeah, I know. I'm super excited. I, I, about I love that. that movie. I think it's great. That's a whole different podcast. Uh, yeah, man. We've live, always, die, live, die, repeat. That's that was that's what it's live, die, repeat. Right? Uh, we've always, you know, tried to find fun ways to kind of bring the stories off the page. I know we, you know, took a lot of effort with Seneca Rebel to do that, and um, you know, this is just another extension of that. So that. Uh, early June, you're going to be able to shop the margin. So we're pretty pumped about that, and you'll start seeing. Yeah, dude, it's it's super cool, man. You know, it's, it's a really awesome way to include some of literary things that excite us, and mm-hmm. you know, bring them to the people. Um, like I said, you know, some of these art prints I've been designing. You know, I'm going to be featuring for the first round some of these prints, some of my favorite authors. Um, I know we got something from Kurt Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions, something from Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, Orson Welles 1984, just to name awesome. a few. You know, I think those are also, kind of also relevant uh, in this day yeah. and age still too. And you know, we've uh, yeah. always we're always pairing art with um, with the articles and stories, and you know, exactly. like, I'm sure we're gonna. Whether you know a lot of the people who write for us are, are artists in their own right too, and exactly, uh, I've talked to some about um, you know releasing their prints eventually, and you know who knows where it goes, but uh, we are. This is sky's the limit, man. I mean, the, the one good thing about I love about across the margin is we're never lacking in ideas, man. You know, and it, it's a testament to the creativity that the people who write for us and submit articles, um, you know, provide. You know, yeah. it, it really inspires us to do amazing things with you know what we're given. Definitely, the, so, si- the site yeah, is really grown. Awesome. The, uh, the the family that you know everyone the the people who uh, collaborate with us has continued to grow, and it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, um, let's get into a little bit. Uh, you know, the perpetual flow of rousing content that could be found uh, across the margin. Certainly. Um, you know, I don't know. You know what? We, we, we need to do this more kind of like, you know, touching base with the website because it's been, you know, it's it's almost June now. And, um, you know, we release a story or an article every single day. So there's a lot to get to. So I don't even really, you know, we're going to leave a lot out. But we just want to kind of give, you know, a little a uh, little taste here and there. The full meal is online. But um, uh, of some of the stuff we, the, this week, we dropped something that I I absolutely love. It's um a piece of fiction by Cameron Finch uh, entitled We Are Not Made of Glass. And, um, if, you know, I, I'd say walk, don't run uh, to check out this one. I know you love it too, Chris. You, you uh, Yeah. I, I, I was really excited to come across it. Um, you know, as our dual roles as editors here, you know, a lot of stuff comes across our desk. And 
we read all of it. And, you know, this is one that really just jumped out and it sort of separated itself a little bit from all the other great material we get because of the fact that I think it just had like a wonderful cadence to it and it created this really beautiful imagery. And, um, it, you know, the, the word glass is in the title, but it's actually pretty relevant to the story too. And it's, I just felt it was a really interesting way to include something that can be so like sharp and jagged and dangerous, but also beautiful, you know, simultaneously in the story. And I thought the author did a wonderful job of just sort of creating this little world yeah, um, was, in this short amount of time. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not, it's not the longest piece. It's very proud. Right. I, I got a, I got a piece of it here. Shards of glass pierce into our skin as we bat and blunder and burst and break every glass in sight. I feel nothing but joy. The blood seeping out is only purged sickness to hell with it all. I have no wounds. I forget who I am. We live without pain, Kelda and me. We live without guilt, without scars. A crystal ocean beneath our feet. The lights are white in our eyes. We have crystals in our toes and we don't feel a pulse. We are not made of glass. We aren't even human. But, I mean, go ahead, Kelda. It's awesome, man. It's you know? really, it's, I mean, that's just a snippet. It's, it's you know, kind of taken out of context. Probably doesn't make that much sense. But what is trying to show is just kind of it's it's just it's it's got a rhythm to it it's it's beautiful um, yeah, it's very i mean who in their mind when they're reading that can't think about sort of just getting lost in a moment i mean mm-hmm. uh, when i was a child sort of just surrendering to what you're doing uh, who doesn't want to smash something and then not worry about the consequences and just for a moment yeah. just caught up and just breaking a bunch of glass or windows or whatever totally. it is i mean we've all sort of done a little bit of that i'm sure so totally you know it, it definitely drew some parallels to sort of a useful uh, part of my past, and you know, it, it was enjoyable to, to experience that while I was reading. Yeah, I think it will touch a lot of people personally. Yeah, we've had, you know, a lot of great pieces by a lot of our regular contributors, T. Cowell, um, Frederick Foot. I think the one that I would say stood out to me this first half of the year from Frederick was a uh, uh, de evolution. Was that was uh, that rings a bell for me? I believe um, it's called de evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fantastic one. Um, what else? I mean, do you, if you were to pick out some pieces to kind of, uh, you know, steer people towards, what would you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, going into the first part of this this year right now, uh, there's two that I've, I've really enjoyed uh, besides the one you just mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. And the first one would probably be uh, Donald Hubbard's uh, story called Ridge. It's a oh, wonderful yeah. short story. Um, you know, it, there's a... Um, a great line from it that I think would be a good job of sort of opening up the story. I'll just quote it right here. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, despite being the last phrenologist in the world, he did a poor business, maybe a few clients a year, mostly stoned teenagers and people mistaking him for a phlebotomist. Uh, so, you know, this is a story about this character named Ridge Stenson, which uh-huh. is sort of where the, the title Ridge comes from. And he's actually, in the story, he's the world's last phrenologist. And for those of you who are not familiar what a phrenologist is, uh, these people believe that a, a detailed study of the shape and the size of the skull can kind of provide an indication of an individual's character mm-hmm. and their mental abilities, you know? So but a lot of people say it's based in sort of quackery and stuff like that, but there's some people who sort of believe in it. And, you know, um, so he's sort of the world's last phrenologist. And, uh, you know, according to him in the story, he can tell you who you are and what your fortunes will be simply by touching the bumps on your scalp. So I just think it's a really cool premise for a story, you know? And mm-hmm. it kind of follows... Ridge's contentious yet symbiotic relationship with um, he owns this aging strip mall um, in Hale, Connecticut and he only has one other tenant and um, he's simply recalled the pornographer in the story but they have this sort of really contentious back and forth and Ridge kind of needs him to sort of the legitimize his, his strip mall yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah For so 
Yeah, but they, they definitely, you know, there's a mutual distrust and sort uh-huh. of a contempt between them. And it's, like I said, they sort of they sort of need each other. But then there's a sudden change occurs in one of the characters' lives, and it kind of threatens to upset the, this sort of really sort of um, uh, unhealthy balance they have struck. And then things just sort of fall apart quickly. So I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it's a yeah. short read. It's great. And the author, Donald Hubbard, does a great job of sort of packing a delightfully dark little story into a small package. So uh-huh. I really like that a lot. You, uh, you mentioned another one, too. What, what, was, what else do you got? Uh, the other one was um, uh, Reunion. Reunion oh, by yeah. William. You know William that almost um, that was almost uh, a touch haunting, like like a like a Stephen King story, or like some oh, you know, like, like, like an old, more like an old Twilight Zone. I, I felt right. that I felt when I was reading it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's sort of like this. Um, uh, there's a lot of parallels that you can draw from it. You, you can sort of put yourself in the shoes of someone who's sort of watching us all unfold because we sort of, it sort of takes place at a high school reunion. Mm-hmm. So those of you who are, you know, out of high school, you can sort of understand what that sort of setting is like. Um, and basically this character named Nicholas, um, he's disappeared one day while in high school and sort of nobody knows what happened to him and he was considered uh, dead. And then he just shows up at his high school's 20th reunion, not having aged a day and sort of acting kind of nonchalant, like nothing happened. And, um, he, he ends up making a beeline for his former girlfriend Mary, who sort of definitely has not gotten over him, and uh, she's def- she's aged or over the loss. I would say over too. the loss, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean she's aged twenty years, so there's shock and confusion that sort of surrounds this initial opening to the story, and sort of while this is going on, there's this parallel narrative going on where the story sort of jumps back and forth between Nicholas's experiences as he sort of reintroduces himself yeah. um, in this sort of strange way, and then his Nicholas's sister who. Um, has gone into actually social, social work where she is involved with cases of missing children and exploited children. So um, she sort of somehow discovers, I don't give it away, but she discovers there's this deep, deeper plot going on involving missing children in the world of this story. And her brother's a big part of that. And from there, the story just really picks up quickly. And it's a pretty wild premise that yeah. um, for a story, you know, and again, without revealing too much, I can say that the ending um, it um, leaves the reader with a nice nugget of something to think about well after the story is finished. And that's oh. what I really like about the story. It's sort of what I like about stories in general is that after the story is done, you still sort of are thinking about it. And I think that's what I love about the power of storytelling. That you one, know, you sort of go uh, ahead. That one absolutely lingered. I, I, that's what you're right. saying. Kind it of lingers, which is great. Through. Um, and, and, and in a haunting way, in a really, really affecting way. Um, yeah. so, so too did um, uh, Man- Manosphere uh, by Miriam Hamilton. That was the one where um, the tagline was, Olivia lives um, with, uh, with an albatross around her neck. Uh, the fact right. that she is female. And, you know, that kind of delves into a bunch of ideas about women in the workplace. And, uh, you know, it just... It's it, that is, that is still such an such an issue, and I you know talk to so many of my female friends about their experiences, and it just it's totally eye opening. So and so is that piece. Uh, another one that I just want to mention before we move on from some of the fiction, and just there's just so much fiction up there. We've really uh, done a good job getting a lot out this year so far. But Leon, it's got, a good year for long form fiction too, my yes, guy. Like that. that which is great. Uh, Leon is going to die was another one by uh, Roger Good. Um, right. It was a, a glimpse into a, a somber future where a man risked it all for the one he loves. Um, 
there was just like it was amazing. You know, it, it, I believe that story. It was smartly kind of told in like the present tense. So like Absolutely. every moment was the future, and it moved along really progressively. It's, kind of I like mean, that. It's it's probably eight paragraphs at right. most, and it's amazing the scope of time in Leon's life that we glide to in such a such a short piece. Which right. I thought, you know, it's I, I thought it was some pretty crafty writing in that way that he, he just talked so much into such such a little box. Um, it's a special skill. It's a special skill, exactly. It's it's not, you know, sometimes it's it's it's, it's not easy to bring, you know. I mean, he, he kind of walked through his entire life in just that, that that's a short span of time, and, and, and you felt like you kind of went on a journey, and it was, it was, right. it was pretty impressive. So, uh, poetry. Poetry is definitely... Um, a big part of what we do every Wednesday. Uh, every Wednesday we have, except for the last two, um, and that's what I want to mention. That's why I bring up poetry. We actually we've gotten so many uh, submissions, and I thank all the poets out there. And I love what uh, Richard Roundy, our poetry editor, has done. Um, you know, all, all the all the poems he released. They're they're they got a unique aesthetic they're really stylish stylistically charged they're just, they're just i think they're amazing it's it's i've really come to love uh you know seeing what we put out on wednesdays but the well a little bit has run dry we need we could use some submissions so for any poets out there uh give us a shot come at us um we uh you know richard gets back to people very promptly and uh we'd love to see what you got and i'm sure if you go Go check out some of the poetry. It's 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 you're gonna you're gonna want to be a part of what we're doing in that realm. So oh, it's deep, man. I mean, we've been publishing at least fifty two poets a year yeah. for a couple of years now, Absolutely. man. So in multiple poems from each poet. So we've got a nice bank of poetry there. You know, so yeah. I'm, I'm very proud of. We're very proud of. Very very talented you know? poets too. It's, it's, it's we'd love to have more. I mean, it's grown to become you know a, a bigger part than we ever imagined, and that's what I love about Across the Margin. You know, you, yeah. it's we're constantly surprised at sort of where we go and yeah, we, what we take on. We've said it before that you know you and I we weren't you know too uh, you know involved in the world of poetry and. And it's something that happened organically, and, and you know, Richard's kind of walked us through it a little bit. But um, it's something I've come to appreciate more and more. Uh, just to steer you towards two, I, I picked out two of my favorites. The first is um, Noah Eli Gordon's "24 Cut Lits." That's the title. I love, I love that one, man. It is awesome. It is. Uh, uh, Richard described it as surreal self-help poetry, aphorisms that question rather than teach. Epigrams that remind us to look in the mirror and out the window. All that and more can be found in Noah Eli Gordon's 24 mind-expanding miniatures. This work, um, this work is the medicine we didn't know we all needed. Uh, just, <laughs> I, love, I love that little phrase, mind-expanding miniatures. You that's know? exactly so, what they are. They're so brief. Yeah. And I guess it kind of comes back to what we were saying with the story, Leanne's going to die. It's, I can't even get over uh, some of these poems, you know, these 24 little uh, miniature, somewhere like six words, and it's so yeah. crazy. You know what? We always talk about wordplay and how much we appreciate wordplay. Twenty-four cut lits is uh, exemplary of of the type of wordplay that we have at across the margin. It's, it's and wordsmithing. Yeah, wordsmith exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, when you think about, it, I mean, it's kind of like you know, like the Japanese style of haikus. You know, yeah. you have that, that that rhythmic cadence to it, but they're also only I think three lines. So I mean, yeah, he's at, even at going shorter than that. I think in some of these, you know, yeah, with, without. 
they're brief, the confines of the haiku. Absolutely. They're brief cuts, but they're sharp. They're cheeky. Um, and they're, they're a ton of fun. The other... Uh, I love cheeky poetry. You gotta love cheeky poetry. The other is uh, three poems by Tara Deal. Uh, I love these. Um, and, and just to use Richard's tagline again, with sharp, precise images and line breaks that slow the reader down, Tara Deal's poetry asks the question... What does it feel like to be fully immersed in the world while also being detached, hovering outside or above it? In these poems, the speaker is beset with curious vertigo, dizzy from toggling between experience and reflection. Uh, wow! And it's just that it's, her poems are just remarkable. I even I, I think I sent her an email the next day, and I'm just like I, you know, I'm still reading these over and over again they're messing me up a little bit but these are just two recommendations um my guess is you know if you if you check out click the um category poetry and start checking these out you'll find yourself kind of stumbling down a rabbit hole and and become fully immersed in uh in the poetry you have it's 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 something it's something special and again uh all you um poets out there get at us we uh we'd love to see some of your words um, you know, Mike, just real fast, you know, yeah, tying please. this into some, some bigger picture stuff, you know, you know, we have our publishing arm, you know, across ATM Publishing, and we also have the storefront coming on. So, you know, I, you know, I'd love to sometime in the future sort of use the power of both of those and sort of put out some poetry, you know? I mean, yeah. I think that it'd be great to uh, we got get some things. poets around, you we know, and got do something like things, that. Uh, in the works on that end already, and, and yeah. hopefully by year's at, year end, we're going to have a couple couple it'd things be fantastic, to man. that. Um, do you want to talk a little music? <laughs> when do I not want to talk about it's, music? Uh, it's, as, as, as everyone knows, it's a big part of uh, our passion here. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, you mentioned on a text um, before we get into some of the, the, the things, the, the stories we've uh, written about music, um, that you had a, a, a story about the, the Firefest, that shit show with the Ja Rule. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Story? Was that you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, for all the who, who, who aren't in the know, I, I've moved out to Portland, Oregon, to the West Coast from Brooklyn, New York. So I've been here about almost a year now. I think you know oh, um, that went fast. Yeah, August it'll be a year. Yeah, you're telling wow. me it went fast. So you know, I'm I'm always the kind of person who's always trying to reinvent themselves and do new things and put my hand in all different kinds of different. Uh, I don't know, different jars, so, yeah, so to sure. speak. So, you know, across the margin is, is my main passion and my main focus, but, you know, I'm also interested in art and writing and music and building stuff and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I, I've, been, I've been looking around here for just some new creative endeavors, and I ended up hooking up with uh, uh, Fire Media, which is actually the sort of the umbrella group that the Fire Festival was underneath, <laughs> and uh, you know they had a is, job is posting. Based, is that based out of Portland? Fire? Media? Uh, no, I, I believe that they are either. I think they're dual coast. They're, they have okay. offices in New York, and they have, I, I believe, in LA. Don't quote me on that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know very little about the company itself. Um, and, and then they had offices up in in Portland here in Oregon, and soon to the be offices, former com- uh, company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it was. Uh, it was a many-headed beast, and I think that originally Fire Media, I believe, is what it's called. Um, I, I hooked up with some people because they, the, the, there's a there's a Fire app, um, and basically uh, there was a job posting for they wanted somebody in the creative realm to do some 
um, help out with launching the Fire app and do some graphic design and stuff like that. Okay. You know, so you know, so it was a little bit out of my wheelhouse, but you know, they were interested in me, and so I, I sort of went through the interview process. I, I realized about two thirds of the way in that I was a little bit underqualified, but you know, you never know if you don't try. So, Absolutely. but anyway, fake so, it till you, you know, make it, Chris. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Exactly. Uh, but you know, it was a really, it was a really fun experience to sort of talking to the people there, and what ended up is, like, I guess, the Fire app is uh, this sort of. They were selling it as a, a sort of, a, I guess, sort of the middleman. So if you want to book talent, you want to book uh, uh, Wu-Tang or Blink-182 or some influencers or some public speaker or some sports figure, instead of going through the middleman, you would just sort of book directly through the Fire app and they would take like 10% of the commission or something like that. I don't know. So, so, so you know, they were gearing up to launch the app and uh, they were looking to hire someone, who, you know, that's the job I applied for. But... Um, and so I ultimately didn't get the job, but and I'm, I'm sort of very thankful that I didn't get the job now <laughs> because I've sort of watched everything kind of implode, and you know, um, it seems like it's a tremendous mess, you know. You, you, and almost, you almost got sucked into something that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel terrible for everybody involved because what I can understand is that it was a little bit shady run business to begin with. The yeah. people who worked in the Portland offices were working on the Fire app, which I guess they were just ready to launch when the Fire. Uh, festival crashed and burned, so it sort of much, sort of much tanked the app too. The app launch, and I imagine those people are out of a job now. And I guess they were getting paid sort of by wire transfer and stuff, and they didn't get paid for the last two weeks of work. So, you know, everything. There's a few articles that aren't very um, casting the whole company in a good light yeah. right now, and the local newspapers because of the fact that they sort of rip people off and stuff. So, you know, like for me, I sort of feel like I, I dodged a bullet there because you know, <laughs> I just, I, had I, had I been hired, that would have been. A short run. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what it is uh, about myself, but like when the the day that you know the news was leaking, the pictures started leaking. I could not get enough of the images of like it. Just it was. It looked like a post apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah, uh, I couldn't understand it. It, 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 well, it, it, it's part How of. How do you not see this coming? Well, part of me is you know th- these festivals that and there's so many now. They're they're not easy to pull off. You're harvesting no. so many people. You have to provide so many needs. Part of me was thinking that, you know, I'm surprised this hasn't, you know, we haven't seen more of them crash and burn. Right. But, I mean, this, the 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 way in this one, the, the, the manner in which this one went down was, was jaw-dropping. They, uh, they really, I mean, because they, they knew the week leading up to it, they knew they weren't ready. There was unpacked <laughs> boxes. There was... You know, porta potty still on trucks, just stands. Nothing was built, and they still let people fly down there. It's just, it's, yeah. it's crazy. But and I would say, not paying your workers, man. I mean, like, and just yeah, that's another thing. Being shady, that's just, that's just not right, man. You no. know, so, so for me, it's just like, you know, I'm glad I didn't get sort of fall into that. So, yeah. well, I'm also very sad for everybody who lost a job. So, <laughs> but there's a little, my little brush with uh, catastrophe there. Uh, I avoided it, so I'm thankful. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, we what we for music pieces this year. Uh, you know, we've done we've continued our twenty years later uh, series, which we love. Uh, I think we've you know discussed about five or six albums that have dropped in. Dropped it, right, uh, you dropped a bunch, man. You know, I was getting a little jealous. You had like four, four or five already. You know, yeah, so it's awesome. Wait, hold on one second. I think got a little. Wait, we're all right. We're good. We're good. Um. Wait, let me try. There we go. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I wrote about uh, uh, Yola Tango's I Can Hear the Heart Beating is One. Um, Great album. The, yeah, just, I mean, the song. Um, Elliot Smith, you got in there too, right? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not done with Yola Tango. The, uh, the, the song <laughs> Arm Sweater. I, don't, I think there's no, 
song I've listened to more in my life than Autumn Sweater. I don't. It just. It really. It really blows my mind. Um, th- thematically, the album sways towards the, the melancholy, but uh, even with this in mind, um, you know, I can hear the the heart beating as one. It, it offers up a, a, a like a promise of a better tomorrow, and 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 uh, acts as a testament to the power of love. It's such a it's such a cool album. Yeah, I did. I did, Fantastic. I did. Uh, did write about Elliot Smith either or. It's funny though. When uh, I, I I was I was looking online, seeing what albums. Um, Dropped in 1997, um, and I just saw Elliot Smith's name. I went ahead and assumed that it was XL for some reason, <laughs> and because uh, XL is just—it's my favorite Elliot Smith album. I'm absolutely in love with it. So I wrote an article uh, 20 years later about XL, and and then I started looking up, you know, some specifics about it, and uh, that's the year following. So I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm already ready for next year's uh, We're the 20 years later, but the, but then I realized it was either or. Um, and so I did write about that because that's another stunning album. Uh, what I wrote about it is either or spoke to the humanity in all of us. And it's uh, authenticity made us search our souls and ponder and question the beauty that life beholds. It was sad, but so remarkably uplifting as well. It was the foundation upon which all of Elliot, uh, Elliot Smith's success was built upon. Uh, it's just a stunner of an album, real low, lo-fi, and you know he's just he's he's a brilliant uh, singer-songwriter. And our most recent um, uh, release of twenty years later was you uh, writing about OK Computer. What uh, what 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 got you about that beautiful piece of art? Well, besides it being one of my favorite Radiohead albums, um, it is uh, Departure. You know, it's Radiohead's third album, and it is a departure from sort of their guitar-heavy, um, radio-friendly, um, I don't want to say the word poppy, but on some level, you know, more poppy songs, yeah. you know? And then they go into sort of this DIY. You're more accessible, yeah. And I, 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 I don't say pop in the current understanding of what pop is. No. You know, I, I say it through the prism of the 90s, you know, yeah. so it's a lot different then. But, um, you know, it's a departure from that sort of style of music where you have, um, you know, uh, high and dry, fake plastic trees creep, and you come into OK Computer where you have sort of this DIY electronic feel where it's sort of they completely switched over and they've gone way more experimental, and you get no surprises paranoid android um uh subterranean homesick alien um all these really fucking powerful awesome songs and this imagery that comes with it and these themes of just like um you know anti-government you know uh globalism consumerism politicians for sale you know anxiety fear um you know um Loneliness, you know, mental illness, you know, greed, all these really powerful images. And, um, you know, it was just a, a reflection of both the, the, the current times and sort of where Radiohead sort of saw society going, you know. And, and I think it's the, the album now, 20 years later, is a wonderful parable, parable for our current times, you know. I mean, you sit back and listen to some of those songs and some of the uh, language and the lyrics and you're just like, wow, you know, yeah. like did these guys have a crystal ball and they sort of just saw where everything was going mm-hmm. because it's really powerful. And I, 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 I love listening to the album while I was writing the article and it really sort of, you know, just sort of, reaffirmed in my mind how wonderful 
and how powerful and how great of an album it is. It's, it, I, I think it's probably one of my probably if not my yeah. favorite, one of my it's, favorite think, radio, radio albums. It's generally considered one of the, the greatest rock albums ever uh, yeah. released. And you know, I know a lot about the album just because you know I'm like anyone else in who likes Radiohead is obsessed with it. But uh, um, your piece was I learned a lot uh, in your piece that I was I was surprised about and. You know, you touched on the inspiration of Bitches Brew, which is a big deal about it. DJ Shadow and Turntablism, Bob Dylan, uh, all the talk of the Martian poetry. Right, um, the Beatles are, are influenced in yeah, there. There's Bohemian the, Rhapsodies from Queen. There's some um, uh, Philip K. Dick inspiration from yeah, the Stories Ballast. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing. Right, uh, right. By the way, happy happy Towel Day. Happy Towel Day to you too. That was yesterday. And, uh, yeah, one of, the, one of the songs is inspired by uh, Noam Chomsky's uh, um, book about how like um, mass media is like a propaganda tool, you know, that yeah. you know is used in society to get people to do stuff, you know. So okay. um, there's, there's there's a lot of uh, influence in the album, which I really like, and it's sort of all over the place, it's sort of reflective of sort of the mindset, the people, and the talent of the people in Radiohead themselves at that yeah. time, you know. So it's a really cool um, sort of just slice of society and time, and just you know how the world as it was back then, and it's, it was just great to revisit it. Absolutely. Yeah, bravo, man. I really, I love the piece. Uh, yeah, and you know, on top of it, you know, they, Radiohead, just one more thing, they were releasing tons of nuggets of information sort of trickling out as the, as the 20th anniversary approached, you know. And uh, one of the cooler things is that it's, it's suspected that they figured out where the actual album cover comes from. Because I can't on the believe cover it's of the album, Hartford, Connecticut. I know, dude. It's, That's it, so, so crazy. For those of you who don't know, me and Mike actually come from one town over from Hartford, Connecticut, called Glassbury, Connecticut, and the highway that um, is is believed to be featured in the cover prominently of the album is uh, a highway that I'm sure Mike Mean you traveled on many, many times. Absolutely. It's like that one intersection where, what is it, 94, I mean, 84, 91 cross or yep. something? I'm yep. not exactly sure, but I thought, I, that, that kind of just blew my mind. It's like a picture taking of the intersection from like a hotel room uh, right above it, which was nuts. Yeah, they definitely, they... they you could tell they took the 20th anniversary of uh, of OK Computer as a big deal. They released a lot of information and, and hype building up to they they released a, a reissue of it on vinyl. Um, yeah, there was a whole bunch of like really cool billboards and art going up all yeah. over the major. I'm sure there was some in Brooklyn, um, London, stuff like that going they, on. They, they cool. didn't they didn't take it lightly either. They they, they yeah. knew how it was a, how big of a deal it was. Um, uh, another 20 years later piece was um, uh, Patrick J. J. Dalton wrote about Nick Cave's uh, The Boatman's Call. Um, oh, yeah. Which is, He's fixing a play soon in Brooklyn, isn't he? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tonight. I'm going it's tonight. To, tonight. Oh, oh, man. Me, me, I'm actually taking uh, Patrick Dalton tonight to go in, in, and thanks for the article and thanks. He's written um, a bunch of stuff for us at this point. And one, one thing I really recommend reading that was released this year by Patrick is called The Anatomy of Shadows. Um, it's, it's you know, he's lived a wild life and, and <laughs> yeah. so his, uh, in his stories, they, they, they cut deep and uh, it's intense and honest that that one, um, that one's just intense. But yeah, they, you know, he, uh, in, when he's talking about the boatman's call, he's talking about Nick Cave uh, as one of the most erratic and uh, poetically irreverent performers of our time who has never released two recordings of similar musical resemblance. He never fails to pleasantly surprise 
and traumatize the listeners. So, definitely. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. Tonight at King's Theater, we're, we're going to check that out. So that's going to be great. You know, what, you know what I like about Patrick's writing is he has his really unique ability to pack, I would say, three to five sentences into one sentence. I mean, like, yeah. it's, it's really amazing how much he can how much weight he can give a sentence and how much power you can give it. And, uh, you know, he brings that to his nonfiction and his fiction. He's got some great stories that he tells. And, you know, um, I, I'm really glad that we have him, yeah. as a, you know, as a contributor to our site. Absolutely. He's, 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 he's been all in, and, and I really, I'm, I'm, I've been leaning on him to get more words out of him because yeah. I think he's pretty stunning. He's a stunning writer. Well, well um, I'm really excited for you guys to go see uh, Nick Cave at the, um, the King, King's King, Theater, right? King's is a very, very special oh, building. I'm man, I, I left too soon before that place started <laughs> taking off. Yeah, too. Well, it's getting a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and next week, we, um, we have a writer who is going to drop a piece about Wu-Tang's uh, Wu-Tang Forever turns 20. Uh, I think on June 1st, I believe. So that's that's uh, I'll probably be coming out right around the same time we're releasing this podcast early next week. And June first, which is also the U.S. release of Radiohead's OK. Ah, Computer. yes, yeah, they, uh, yeah. The U.S. had to wait for dates, so. yeah, the, the U.S. had to wait for a couple more weeks after. Right. Japan got it first. Uh huh. Sure. Then, then yeah, then there was a U.K. release, and then uh, and then and then came our way. Um, you know what else we got coming up is we always do this midway through the year. We do our. Because uh, we do at the end of the year, we do the albums, best albums of the year. Uh, you know, for us, uh, uh, best songs. We do the best songs of 2017 so far. That'll be like mid June. So far, mid June. But um, it, do you have any in mind that you want? I'm not going to give it all away. But uh, any any songs that um, that you know are going to make your section of the list? Well, you know, the uh, there's a lot on the horizon. Mm. So um, we're talking about the June cutoff, um, you know, yes. um, album-wise. You know, there's been there's, there's some great albums coming up. Which but, uh, I don't but, know. but we're speaking of songs here. But, the, but, but that, there, that, there's some singles that have been released already from some of those albums, yes, so I'm excited yep. for some of that. Um, you know, uh, I really enjoyed a few tracks off of Father John Misty's yeah. latest album, uh, Pure Comedy. Yep. So, yeah, that title um, track is remarkable. Uh, yeah. Pure Comedy. The, the, that's... Um, but, Spoon's got a great new album yeah. um, that I, I've enjoyed some stuff from. Um, you know, I, I don't want to give it all away, but let, yeah. let's just say that. I mean, you know, obviously, you, uh, Humble. Anyone, right. anyone who knows me or spends time with me is probably sick of me talking about Humble. Uh, the new national track is great. That, that's exactly. Just, uh, the one song that's really, um, I kind of got on um, replay, it's uh, the Mountain Goats new album came out, Goth, and... And rain in Soho is one that just it's 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 remarkable. They they paired I, I can't think of the name of the choir they use, but it's it's got such a full bodied sound. Uh, Joey Badass, Rockabye Baby, something I'm thinking about. Marvin by Raekwon. I don't know. We, we gotta we gotta get together and have our. Uh, we, gotta laugh, we gotta better heads together and think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and but if if you, if you guys know us, you know our writings about music. We definitely. Our eclectic, we do a nice slice of it, everything you know. So, hopefully, there'll be something for everybody. We try, we try, we try, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you know. that's a testament to our music appreciation, yeah. you know. We you, uh, try you can to definitely tell our favorites, though. I mean, like Ty Siegel, Ty Siegel puts out a record, Ty Siegel ends up on our list, uh, <laughs> Father John, you know, it's, it's yeah, you know, the national, yeah, a cave fire, like, you know, we have some, but we also have, uh, you know, other yeah. people who cycle in and out, you know, absolutely, so. absolutely. Um, we you know to move on from music we've had a lot of great nonfiction pieces and that's something the uh, across the margin was built on kind of being a place uh, 
uh, where it was built on a foundation of kind of truth and honesty and and kind of the accepting of the fact that we we're all fucked up and and so let's we always want to talk about how and why and and we always felt there's power in that and and this year we've had some really um really affecting honest gems and I you know I want to say a thank you to the writers because this is sometimes it's it's intense and brave to put put yourself out there like that and 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 we get people coming coming to us with some really intense stories all the time and 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 it's a big deal to us to uh present these slices of life and 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 show people how other people are living and what they're experiencing we've had two honest uh pieces by Derek Taylor recently an excellent piece uh by Christine Rosso entitled Exposed or Exposure was it exposure I believe it was exposure yeah uh a piece by Sarah Fader which are always gut wrenching and I mean really there's two too many to name, um, but again, thank you. It's it just it just uh, it's it, they're they're really intense. It's it's it, I just can't get over the bravery of some of some of the some of, of writers in general. Um, it's nonfiction, you know. Obviously, around the beginning of the year, we had a uh, we had a lot of Trump articles. Um, you know, I whether you know I, I had a series. I had a, a three part What Now series, kind of trying to reconcile with what to do following um uh trump's election um it was it was mike it was it was a very raw time for a lot of us you know the band-aid had been torn right off and you know i think now we sort of settled into the into this whole like you know shocked you know like we can't be shocked anymore so i think that you know it's just sort of like what's been going on this constant Sort of it still is shocking, though. Rival of information. He, he finds a way to make every day a little bit shocking. But um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm like, kind of like become. I don't know how to describe it. I'm insulated from it all now. I'm just like, yeah, sure. That's. Yeah. I'm it's, not well, surprised that's, by that that's, We no. also it's and it's it's easy for that to happen. But it's, it's of course it's, he said that, and of course he fired that person. Is, and yeah, of course he was exactly. rude to that person. It's so. not shocking, but we also can't get numb to it. We can't normalize it. It's right, really because right, right, it, right. it's easy to happen. It's like it's just it's, you know he's just it's he's so manic and the things that are happening are so fa- happening so fast and like you said it just doesn't seem. But I haven't wrote anything um, as of late uh, about Trump, and I think it you know in discussion I'm able to really expound upon the issues and and and, and vent really, but. Um, I mean, how do you keep up with it? I mean, it like, will, how do you choose a topic? Because by yeah. the time you write it, something else. Oh yeah, is exactly. It, 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 things become dated so fast. You just start I, making lists, the top ten <laughs> yeah. bollies of the week. But it, you know, but it's also it's been hard for me when I do sit down and I want to write about something you know, uh, political because it's you know it's a passion of mine. It's uh it's hard to really put in perspective what is happening and uh, and you know as I did post-election and it's it's i find myself at a loss for words sometimes but yeah. you know that's yeah. what this podcast does a lot too we, we do wax political from time to time and right. uh you know, another trump piece that i really thought was great was bonnie overcott's um it, it just she titled that you can do anything to them which dealt with uh you know the culture kind of rape culture sexual abuse culture and that was um and, and she personalized it too that was a really 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 so- intense story Remind me, so she was maybe getting out how at, at the fact that Trump's words were helping to embolden this culture. Yeah, a little and bit. Not, and she brought it back to an experience right. she had, I believe, in college. Uh, yeah. It was it was it was pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. So, oh, um, nonfiction. You wrote a piece about um, uh, Trappist One. 
Our, uh, I sure did, Mike. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 got, I got a little nerdy and talked a little space there for. I love when you get nerdy and talk space. Yeah, I've I, I, I got a few more in the in the pipeline, if I may. There, there, there's some some big uh, milestones coming up um, late summer, early yeah. fall that I'd like to get to. But um, you know, uh, I'm always get excited when. They found science. another planet. They found another science planet. Science at NASA. Well, you know, if that's we're, inhabitable. We're around like six thousand, seven thousand planets have been found right now. But yeah. when the, yeah, no, when the scientists like that. can actually speak to the characteristics of the planet, yeah. and when those characteristics that they're speaking about mention words like Goldilocks zone, yeah. habitable, <laughs> habitable zone, yeah. liquid water, yeah. rocky planet, similar in size to Earth, things like that. When those are the words that really get me excited, and then I'm, I'm oftentimes moved to take what people have written and translate it into sort of you know my own view on everything. And yeah. no, you put do, it do out a good there, job so. of uh, kind of you know explaining to us lay people uh, really. In this, I, I think I reached out to you. I'm like, you got to tell me what's going on. Like, yeah. Really, yeah. Give, give me give me kind of the nuts and bolts here. Like, right. What's going and on? I also sort of put it through my sort of filter of just childlike wonder and amazement yeah. and excitement. So I sort of, there's an enthusiasm baked into the article. So and I, I think they, they, they come across as very engaging. And so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to do more of that this year as more events transpire that I'm very excited Good. about. Um, Good. You, you know, there's been some cool stuff going yeah, on with the Juno spacecraft over at Jupiter. Um, oh, cool. Cassini, Cassini's mission at Saturn is winding down and, and the space staff is going through some really wonderful dives through the rings right now. And there's wow. about, I think there's 20 or 30 dives before the final plunge into the atmosphere of Saturn. So there's a lot of stuff going on right there. And it's just great to look back on that mission because that mission was absolutely fantastic and it just opened our eyes until the, the fact that there could be even potential for life even from our own solar system, our own backyard, which is just mind-boggling Crazy. to me. Um, so, you know, lots of cool stuff going on in terms of robotic space exploration and that really is sort of where NASA is sort of putting all their money right now since we can't seem to get our act together to get somebody to go to fucking Mars or yeah. anywhere else. So, Do you, um, do you watch um, Real Time with Bill Maher by any chance? Uh, from time to time, when, yeah, when I can catch a, it, yeah. There was a good one, a great episode actually, because I, I love Colonel West and, uh, uh, excuse me, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on it too, and, and he's always great. And uh, Bill, you know, was and, and he, Bill had a great point, and he was doing this bit about how everyone, you know, talks about not everyone, but like there's people who are, who, who do talk about living on Mars, and and you know, always how do we how would how would that work? How would that happen? And Bill Bill Mars focus, you know, he actually had like, um, you know, did a comparison of what we have here and what's there, like air, hair, here, no air there, you know, we have food here, they have Matt Damon's shit potatoes there, um, and he was just saying, <laughs> he's like, well, in, in the, and his point is, is you know, should be taken to heart in that. You know, we have to, we can't just think about getting off or we have to think about the problems here. We have to make sure we take care of it. But Neil deGrasse Tyson, in, in, you know, I don't think he was, you know, dismissing that. He definitely agrees we have to, but like, he's like, but yes, you have to think, you have to imagine, you have to dream bigger. He's like, he, he had this great line about how there was probably people in caves back in the day and they were saying, you know, they, they, like you can't be scared of the unknown. They were like, "No, don't don't go out of that cave. We, we, we have to take care of this cave here." You know, and if they so, if you're never thinking big and dreaming big, and you know, you know, have ambitions that seem crazy, you know, we're we're, we're not going to get to these amazing places and 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 
I don't know. It just I, I really love that discussion uh, that they had about that because I think they're both right and I think they both knew they were right. Obviously, yeah. But, well, uh, I, I I just watched uh, Alien Covenant yesterday, and yeah, I got to tell you, sometimes it's it. not always exciting to go out into space and go to this new world because sometimes shit just gets fucked up and you get killed by a xenomorph. So. <laughs> I can't I, re- I can't wait to see that. It's <laughs> a great flick. I've always enjoyed those. Yeah, no, I mean that's one thing you do. Science fiction is. Uh, Takes you takes you to places we might you know we're never never gonna get to go. It's, it's, uh, hey man, in space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> well said. Uh, one more before we wrap up here. Uh, Always, Mike. I am not gonna delve into it too hard, but we're about we're starting to wrap up the edits on a, a, a book we're gonna uh, release soon. I, I'm gonna give the title. It's a interstitial burn boy blues, um, and it's by Trevor James uh, Zapel. I think it's Zapel. I should ask him. Um, and uh, rhymes with staple. Rhymes with staple. I'm not. I'm not going to give anything else away about it because we, you know, we're going to start packaging this thing up. But we're pumped. It's. 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 We're. we're, we're uh, we should have that bad boy out in June, I believe. And so, yeah. more to more to come on that. And um, and I, you know what? Like I said, we should we should definitely at least do this type of podcast quarterly, so we can kind of, of course, talk, you know. First, trying to sum up a first half of the year of what's been going on, on the website is it's too daunting a task. Uh, so let's to yeah. condense six months into forty five minutes. I understand exactly. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's we should do this more often. You know, so and and uh, you are coming east in June. Yeah, I'll be I'll be there in a few weeks. So I'll, I'll, I'll be back in Brooklyn. Let's record in studio when you're here. Okay, next time you guys hear my voice, I'll be sitting right next to you instead uh, of being three thousand miles away. I, uh, I I really really look forward to that, and we can yeah, toast to toast some of these. Uh, some of these events uh, happening across the margin. So, hey, thank you, everyone, who spent some time with us, uh, you know, uh, went beyond the margin with us. And thank you, Chris, for taking the time. Yeah, of course. And, guys, be on the lookout. The Across the Margin storefront should be dropping real soon, so it's going to be a lot of cool stuff there. So yep. just be on the lookout. It is on. So uh, thank you again, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Across the margin. Across the margin. Podcast.